Hello and welcome to Bite Size Strategy, the podcast that provides you with less fluff and more stuff that you can actually use to grow your brand online. In every episode, we cut the banter, we get down to business, and we talk actionable tips and tricks for online marketing, copywriting, optimizing your website, and more. I'm your host, Ashley Kay, a web designer, digital strategist, and all-around nerd. If you would like to connect with me in between episodes, you can give me a follow on Instagram at BuildItAndBlossom or check out BuildItAndBlossom.com for more. Hello everyone, welcome to another fun-filled episode of Bite Size Strategy. Well, you may have listened to the previous episode. I really hope you did. That would be awesome. And if you did, you maybe remember me having COVID in the last episode. Yep, that's right. I was positive. I was doing the last episode anyway. Had a little bit of brain fog, but I made it through. I pushed through and uh, put that episode out for you. I don't want a reward. I think you should like, you know, if you're sick, you should take a break. But I was feeling well enough to keep recording. So I did and I put that out. But anyway, yeah, I am feeling a lot better now. I am no longer positive. So I have recovered from COVID. Very happy to say that. I record the episodes on Mondays and then I put them out Tuesday. Well, I'll say that I started feeling better last Thursday and then Friday was my first day like back in fighting form. And this weekend was really good. I felt like I was back on top of my game. Maybe a little bit I'm more tired than usual, but you know, I was I was doing my thing. I did a little bit of work, did a little bit of meditation, did a little bit of football watching. Um, I put together some furniture, which is something that I actually enjoy doing. Call me crazy, but I'm into it, you know? I'm like, let me put it together. I'll bust out my toolkit. I'll bust out my moves. I have a screwdriver that has multiple heads. I can I can change them around, and I think that's just pretty awesome. Um, I hope you do too. But we're not going to talk about that today because that's not what this episode is about. Could you imagine if, yeah, I'm like, on today's episode, we're going to talk about how much I love to put together furniture. No, we, we don't do that here. Instead, we talk about brand building tips. So let me hit you with those instead. So anyway, (laughs) also in the previous episode, we talked about the struggle to be consistent. I know so many of us struggle with this. I did a poll on Instagram, so it's official. Consistency is something that multiple people out there have issues with. And in the last episode, we discussed how we all hit something called the dip. And the dip is when we, for whatever reason, we struggle to keep on keeping on. But if you do keep on keeping on, the idea is that you're going to be highly rewarded with success, even if it takes a long period of time. But if you keep on and you're consistent, you will get there. So that's like one way that struggling with consistency can show up in the life of a brand builder like yourself, right? Someone who is putting their their self or their business or whatever out there online. Um, another area where consistency is important but can also be a struggle is with messaging. Now, I have to say I most commonly work with smaller operations, so solopreneurs, Um, micro businesses, you know, that don't have that many employees. And in my work, in my nine years of work online with, with people like you, because I just had my anniversary, January 20th, nine year anniversary. How, how cool is that? Yeah, I'm celebrating. 
But in my nine years, I have noticed that solopreneurs or like solopreneurs with a single assistant, they don't struggle with this as much as larger operations do. So part of me was thinking since this podcast is aimed at solopreneurs and those micro business owners, maybe this episode really isn't even necessary. Are you guys really struggling when it comes to consistency with tone in your messaging? Because if you're being authentic to yourself, and your voice, isn't your tone naturally going to follow? Isn't your tone of voice going to be consistent throughout? I do believe that's true, but there's always a but here. (laughs) I think being 1000% authentic, especially online, when we can edit, when we can pick and we can choose what we want people to see, when we can create a carefully crafted and curated presentation, when we factor all of that in, you know, that people in the world only see what we want them to see, when we have that power and that control. Well, I think that it's hard enough with all of that just to show up authentically online in general, no matter who you are. Um, Some people have more of a struggle with this than others. Some people are prone to imitating a voice that is completely not their own, whether they are doing it consciously or subconsciously, that I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But of course, it is practically impossible to be consistent with a voice that is not your own. And that is something that your audience can pick up on right? Like your audience, they aren't dumb. They are going to be able to suss you out if you are trying to be someone that you are not. Now, honestly, setting just a few simple guidelines, like doing this foundational work of finding your tone and setting those guidelines, like I just said, for what your tone is, it can help you in this regard because you can just do a quick check anytime you're about to hit publish You can do a quick check to make sure that the tone is consistent with what you already have established. And then there also maybe are cases when you may need to convey your tone to others who are working with you. Maybe you are hiring a virtual assistant and they are going to be responding to emails on your behalf, or maybe someone that's going to help you with email marketing, or maybe someone's helping you with social media and they are going to be writing your captions. Well, don't leave them to their own devices when crafting your own brand's messaging. That's where you need to come in. That's where you have to be the driving force that tells them what tone to use. Communicate exactly what tone of voice you expect. Because even though it may be obvious to you what vibe you want to put out to the world, others may not have that awareness. And other people, like if you're hiring, say, social media um, assistant, they're probably working with a bunch of other clients too who have different vibes that they're sending out into the world. So you want to make sure that you have yours firmly established and that you can communicate that to whoever is doing work with you. So yes, it is worth exploring your tone and getting that foundational work done, figuring out what your tone of voice is so that you can establish that, relay that to people that work with you, and also just use that as guidelines whenever you're about to publish something to make sure that you're staying true to yourself. So let me start here by asking, where do you show up online? Do you have a website, social media accounts? We can even consider email. Everyone has email, right? (laughs) Like you have an email address that you correspond with other people through. 
All of these things, these are tools that enable you to connect and have a conversation with your audience. Thus, every word you put out there is an opportunity to speak directly to your people. The people that will make or break your business by either paying you for your really awesome product or service or determining that it is not the right fit for them. When we talk about tone, tone goes beyond just the collection of words that you choose to put out there on a page or in an Instagram caption. Tone, T-O-N-E, dives into how we show people how we feel about our own message. And of course, that's going to in turn influence how they feel about our message too. Now, most of the resources that you're going to find online about writing your website copy, they're going to tell you the standard, oh, be authentic, be true to you, be unique. And I know I just talked about that and kind of went off on a tangent about how it's important to be authentic. And I agree wholeheartedly with that advice. But it is kind of vague, right? Like it's easier said than done to be authentic online. And like I mentioned earlier, establishing your tone of voice can help in this regard because it's a lot more specific and applicable than just be authentic. Now, I've quoted these people before because I really like their organization or their group or whatever they are. Uh, The folks at Nielsen Norman Group, they have been researching user experience in the digital world for over two decades, back when most of us were, well, every, all of us were younger (laughs) two decades ago, right? So the folks at Nielsen Norman Group, they recognize that tone of voice is important, and so they work to develop a framework made up of four different dimensions that can be used to plan the tone of voice a website or any kind of copy that you use in your brand will use, okay? So here are the four different dimensions they outlined when it comes to tone. Number one, is the tone funny or serious? Number two, is the tone formal or casual. Number three, is the tone enthusiastic or matter of fact? And number four, is the tone respectful or irreverent? And I don't know why, but I struggle with saying that word. (laughs) Irreverent. In my notes, I actually spelled it out. Irreverent. I hope that's how you say it. Um, You could also use the word disrespectful, maybe. Uh, It's not really a direct synonym. Uh, maybe flippant, saucy, profane, whatever, you know? And when it comes to this one, Nielsen Norman Group reminds us that most of the time, this irreverent tone is about the subject matter. Copywriters are usually not trying to be intentionally offensive to the reader. Like, makes sense, right? If you are being intentionally offensive to your reader, like, that is, that's a choice, and it's probably the wrong one. Um, Of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but... I think if you are actively trying to offend your audience that you're trying to sell something to, that you're trying to help, (laughs) I think you uh, maybe should go back to the drawing board. Anyway, I digress. So every piece of writing has four of these characteristics, okay? And we're going to get into some examples here. So if you aren't sure how this all, you know, comes into play, stay with me here. That's why we got a whole episode about this. So back during the heart of the pandemic, feels like just yesterday, probably because it was just yesterday, (laughs) Um, especially around the holidays, shipping delays were awful, right? So the post office nearest to me, oh my God, complete mess. They were out of stamps for weeks, a post office out of stamps for weeks. 
like unreal, right? <laughs> so a lot of brands that did business online, um, of course, that's pretty much all of them these days. Of course, these like shipping delays and the whole situation with that, they were being affected by that. And so one of the things that they did is these businesses, right? They addressed these shipping delays on their website, usually at the top of the page in the form of a banner or maybe on the FAQ page or the checkout page. You know, I just saw something today. I don't remember what I was looking at, but it had like a little banner up there and it said something like, you know, due to the COVID-19 pandemic, we are maybe experiencing delays or your product may not be in stock or whatever. So like it's, it's a thing and it has been for the past couple of years. That's kind of beside the point though. You know, the fact is that there are messages out there. So a common message you may have seen reads something like this. USPS is experiencing unprecedented delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We apologize for the inconvenience. So thinking about the four dimensions we just talked about, where does this message fall? Is it serious or is it funny? Well, it's serious, right? Um, it's formal. It's not really casual. It's more on the formal side. It's respectful. It's not irreverent. And it's matter of fact. It's not enthusiastic. I know I read it to you, but in my notes, I have it written without any exclamation marks. You know, it is just matter of fact. There are unprecedented delays. Mm -hmm. That's it. Now, we can modify the way that message sounds, but still relay the same info to people by altering one of those dimensions, okay? So with our message that we previously had, let's make it a little bit more on the casual side and not so formal. So our original statement here was USPS is experiencing unprecedented delays due to the COVID-19 pandemic. We apologize for the inconvenience. That's what we had. We're going to casual it up by saying something like USPS is experiencing major delays due to COVID-19. We're sorry for any inconvenience. So if you weren't listening super carefully, you probably didn't even notice much of a difference. You know, it still conveys the same info. It's still pretty serious. It's still respectful. It's still matter of fact, but it's a little bit more casual than the original version, right? So we changed unprecedented to major, and that just sounds a little bit less stuffy. And then we modified, we apologize to we're sorry, which is also less formal. Now, let's change the tone of the message again by making it more enthusiastic than matter-of-fact, okay? So taking that same statement, you know, we're going to change it, and now we're going to write something like, ugh, we're sorry for the inconvenience. Due to the pandemic, USPS is experiencing major delays, exclamation mark. So that is definitely more enthusiastic, shows a little bit more emotion, right? And then finally, if we take the same message and we make it more irreverent than respectful, maybe we could write something like, gold darn it, due to the pandemic, the post office is slow again. It's not our fault, but we're sorry anyway. So there you have it. There are four separate versions, all relaying the same message that USPS is slow and you should basically expect delays. And all of these are fine to use, but only one fits your brand's own style of messaging. So 
Friends, which one of those statements would you choose for your brand? Which one feels right for what you do? Now, whatever you do, you need to make sure that the tone that you use is in alignment with your brand's overall personality, as well as what your audience is wanting to hear. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a few episodes now, you will know that I am not one of those people who is going to call someone or a business out by name, except for the really well-known ones, you know. Um, But let me just tell you, I've encountered some brands that have not thought about tone whatsoever, and it is kind of off-putting for users. Maybe at, at minimum, it's just amusing. But, you know, at worst, it can be actually kind of offensive or uh, confusing, something like that. So I am thinking of a brand in particular. It is not well known, so you probably wouldn't know it even if I did drop the name, but they describe themselves as a luxury brand and their personality is very spiritual, like very woo-woo with clean ingredients, definitely geared toward women with disposable income who do yoga every morning and drink kombucha every afternoon. You get the vibe? Like, no shade, by the way. Like, I just polished off a kombucha a few hours ago. I'm just trying to get you a picture, right? So the tone that they have used in the messaging throughout most parts of their website, they have like products, so their product descriptions, their about page, the homepage, all of that. The tone that they're using is serious, it's casual, it's very respectful and matter of fact. And honestly, this tone works for them. It creates a very serene, very tranquil digital experience and atmosphere, or at least it helps contribute to that. But then with this brand, you click into their blog and the tone is completely different. The tone is still casual, but now it's funny or trying to be. Um, It's enthusiastic. There are multiple exclamation points and it's also irreverent. There are lots of F-bombs. It's not like a bad voice, you know. It's just completely off-brand, and quite frankly, it does not work with this audience, and it's not consistent with what they've shown us throughout the rest of their website. And because of that, because of these two completely different tones of voice, the brand loses something. Its identity gets lost, and it's not as strong as it could be if the tone had been on point and consistent the entire time. It's also important to remember that you are not the same as your audience, okay? So your interpretation of the tone when you're writing something, it's going to be different than the interpretation your audience has when they're reading your stuff. I mean, that's especially true, you know, when we're dealing with the written word. Think about texts. How many times do you send a text and you didn't mean it to come off that way, but the other person interpreted it as being really not nice? That happens sometimes, right? sucks, but it happens. And that can, of course, happen when it comes to the copy that you use for your brand as well. For example, in the brand I just mentioned, I am sure like when whoever was writing the blog posts, they probably thought that they were being real and witty and funny. But to me, the reader, I was honestly a little bit taken aback because it was just not what I was expecting. And again, of course, like this vibe didn't feel in alignment with their products. I wasn't like offended by their tone, like their changed tone of voice. It just was weird, you know? It it was just like, wait, what? Am I on the same website that I had been? 
And with humor in particular, you have to be careful because it can certainly get in the way of connecting with your audience. There are times when your jokes aren't going to land. <laughs> and when that happens, you annoy people and you push them away. And it's kind of the same thing with trying to be overly clever, right? Have you ever read the words on someone's website? And while it sounds good, you know, it sounds fine. It's an okay structured sentence or whatever. But you have to read through it like five times to understand what they're actually trying to say because they're trying too hard to be cute. Like that definitely happens. And I'm trying to remember, I think in a previous episode, I had used um, an example of like someone using like really like Shakespearean <laughs> language for their exit pop up. God, I wish I could remember the example that I used, but it was something like, oh, parting is such sweet sorrow. Don't leave yet. You haven't grabbed your goodie bag. And it, it was just like, what? And the goodie bag was like a free PDF. Like, just say that, that it's a free PDF. Don't confuse people. It's weird. Anyway, like that happens and that's very off-putting to readers. Maybe like if you were the author of that exit pop-up, maybe you were like, oh yeah, this is fun. I'm being clever. Woo, let's do it. But not everyone's going to be in your same headspace, right? And so they might just kind of find it weird. <laughs> now, I don't want to like scare you away from attempting to ever use humor. Absolutely not. I've mentioned this before too, but I recorded the first couple episodes of the Bite Size Strategy podcast multiple times before I ended up like publishing the first one. So the first couple episodes, while informative, you know, when I was listening to them back, they didn't feel like they were me, right? I had really stifled my own voice and I didn't joke at all, even though in real life I am joking all the time. So when I was listening to those first recordings back, I felt like something was missing. And I figured that you guys would probably pick up on that too if I was trying to be someone that wasn't 1000% authentic to me. So I re-recorded those episodes and now the tone of the podcast, it isn't nearly as serious as it could have been had I stuck with whatever was going on with those original recordings. So I do think in a lot of situations, it's important to keep things lighthearted and even a little silly sometimes if the situation calls for it. You know, sometimes we get real silly on this podcast and I like it and I hope you do too. I'm starting to hear some feedback and I think you do. So <laughs> we're going to keep on being silly if we want to be silly, okay? You just want to make sure that you aren't going overboard. You know, you don't need a joke in there every three sentences, and I remind myself of that too. Also, please consider where your readers are at emotionally when they are going to read your message. It is all about that bedside manner, folks. You know, you absolutely will want to change your tone to some degree, if required, to better fit the situation. And if you're reading through like someone's return policy because you aren't happy with your purchase and you want your money back, would you rather have the message be something like, oh man, you didn't like your order. That's too bad, lol. Just kidding. We accept returns if you send them back to us within 14 days. Or would you rather hear a message like, we're so sorry you're thinking of returning this item. Please ship your item back to us within 14 days and we will happily give you a full refund. 
Now, the personality is still there, maybe a little less, and the latter gives people the info in a way that isn't going to alienate them or annoy them. Similarly, if a client hasn't paid you in a month or something, the funny, enthusiastic tone, it probably isn't the best fit. Maybe you're like, hey, when am I going to receive my payment message? Maybe you don't need a joke in there. Maybe you do. I don't know. It all depends on your brand and whatever feels authentic to you. So anyway, that being said, do make sure your tone of voice is mostly consistent and carries overall to all areas where you interact with your audience. You may have to modify the tone a little bit depending on the given situation, but it should still always sound like you. And this applies to everything from social media to email marketing to any kind of materials like a thank you card that maybe you send out with your orders or what have you. All right, we've got a couple more things to talk about here, too. Interpretation of tone, you know, that's going to vary from person to person. We actually already kind of touched on this with the whole, like, not everyone is going to get your joke thing. And, you know, you may think that you're using a casual, enthusiastic tone when in reality, to nine of ten other people out there, it comes across as overly stuffy and matter of fact. So pay attention and listen to feedback from lots of people to better understand how others are interpreting your message and if it's landing with the right people. And just like you're going to run into the occasional person who will like love an unexpected use of tone, like they would have loved the cheeky return policy messaging we just talked about, um, even though most people would not prefer that option. But there's always going to be that one person out there who goes against the grain and likes the different thing. But in that same vein, you're also going to have someone now and again who won't like or relate to the tone of voice that you use at all. And I once had someone who was legitimately ticked off at me because I responded to her email with, hey girl, hey. That was like the greeting I used and then I went into whatever, you know, answering her inquiry. So she responded back and she told me that she wasn't a girl, she was a woman, and she thought I was belittling her and told me I was being rude by using, hey girl, hey. Now, I can't argue with anyone's interpretation of tone, but I can tell you that prior to this woman telling me that she was offended, I would never have thought that hey girl, hey, as a greeting would have ticked anyone off. Like to me, it's just a fun, casual, lighthearted greeting. So did I stop using hey girl, hey after this? No, I didn't. Um, although I was aware that some people maybe are going to take offense to it. And so I took extra care when and where I used it. But I did not stop using it altogether because ultimately, if someone is going to take offense to me using Hey Girl Hey, they probably are not going to be the best fit for me to work with. And you know what? That's okay. So moving on from that experience and back to the present, when I work with clients on brand strategy, I like to establish the tone of voice that they most frequently use and feel comfortable with. And then, of course, if it's totally out of alignment with their brand, we, of course, you know, we work through that. So for you guys here today, some quick little tips for you. What I would recommend is going back to those four tone of voice dimensions and establishing where your tone falls. So is it funny or is it serious? Is it formal or is it casual? 
Is it enthusiastic or is it matter of fact? And is it respectful or is it irreverent? Also, important to note that you don't have to be all funny or all serious. Like it's a sliding scale, you know what I mean? You can be somewhere in the middle. We would describe that maybe as neutral. That's a good word for it. Um, I would be cautious if you are like neutral on all of them. You know, if you are right in the dead center on all of those things, then you don't really have much to work with because you're neither funny nor serious. You're neither formal nor casual. You're neither enthusiastic nor matter of fact. Like, what are you? You know what I mean? So be careful that you aren't falling too much in the middle, like all the time, because you may not have a, a strong voice at all, then a strong tone at all. Um, so when you figure that out, though, you know, that's going to be your tone of voice profile. If you want to give it a fancy name like that, you can call it that. (laughs) And once you've established your tone of voice profile, write down or type out a little more about why you have chosen that tone of voice profile. And this is just going to help you really connect things a whole lot better. So for example, you know, we're a meditation studio and we should be serious because we are working with people going through major life transitions, getting to the root of heavy emotional turmoil. That could be, that could be very true for you. Um, Or, you know, maybe it's on the other side of the spectrum. And maybe in your case, you know, you're a meditation studio and you should be enthusiastic because you know that working with you will bring about such a profound change and you want to convey those positive emotions into the words and language that you use and the feeling of your messaging. And if there are any other words that properly describe your tone that you feel really strongly about, feel free to add those as well. So for example, you could maybe include something like, we're gruff, but we're not scary. (laughs) I'd love to know what kind of brand you are, if that relates to you. Um, Maybe something like, we're informative, but we are still empathetic. And the wonderful thing about words is, newsflash, they're free. They're free. (laughs) So if you find your tone of voice needs to be modified, you can always just go back through and edit. You've already got like the heavy lifting done. You know, you already have like the overall message there and you can just go back and change the tone. No big deal. That's why I am such a big proponent of not spending big bucks on a copywriter And I always encourage you to write with your own words. You know, once you have a solid foundation built, you are free to fly and write your website words whenever you want and however you see fit. You know, a lot of people are under the impression that they're just not good writers, so they are incapable of writing the copy for their website. I wholeheartedly believe that is not true. I do think that a lot of people try to go into writing their website words or other messaging cold and they have nothing else to rely on or fall back on except the knowledge that they gained in like 10th grade English class. Well, the truth is writing online is a whole new ballgame. So a lot of what you learned in 10th grade English class, you can throw out the window, doesn't necessarily apply. Now, that may seem kind of scary, especially if you did really well and enjoyed 
10th grade English class, but it's actually a whole new opportunity to learn some knowledge and apply that in a way that can really move the mark for your business. And just by listening to this podcast episode, you picked up some super helpful tips to help you establish a really strong brand foundation and foundation for writing copy for your brand. And this is going to pay off big time when you sit down and you open up Microsoft Word or Google Docs or your email marketing program or whatever it is that you're writing in. And if you want to help your words land even better with the online crowd, there's a free resource for you on my website that will help you with that. So if you go to any page on builditandblossom.com and then you scroll all the way down to the bottom, you're going to see a section for my How People Read Online digital training. And I know it kind of sounds like info you don't absolutely need to know. You might have other stuff going on that maybe you want to learn instead, but trust me, if you are publishing anything online that isn't like a short story or fanfic or something like that, (laughs) if you're writing copy for your brand, you should watch this training at least once. And it's less than 30 minutes long. We have fun. It's going to help you become a better writer for the web. Oh, and it's free free. It's free. Yeah, you're welcome. So in closing here, I want to remind you that tone of voice is only one component of your brand's foundation. Figuring this out will help, but of course it's not everything, right? So make sure you tune into more episodes of the Bite Size Strategy podcast. You can learn even more snackable brand building bites like this and make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. And you can also visit builditandblossom.com for more content like this. Thank you so much for tuning in. That's a wrap, you guys. We made it. Yay. I will see you next week.